And we are back. Welcome back to the Depressed Cincinnati Sports Fan Podcast. I am Jesse Mapati. Right now, it's not a depressing time to be a Cincinnati sports fan. It's actually happy times right now. But I'm still waiting for that heartbreak because I know how my teams do. They'll start off well, and then they'll find a way to break my heart in the end. But right now, we're focusing on the positive. That is the Cincinnati Bengals and the Cincinnati Bearcats football team. Let's talk about the Bengals first, okay? So the Bengals are coming off a 41-17 upset victory of the Baltimore Ravens this past Sunday. Leading up to this game, I call this game a measuring stick for the Bengals because the Ravens were 5-1. and one. The Ravens just beat the shit out of the L.A. Chargers 34-6. to six. That's a great offensive team led by Justin Herbert. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, the Bengals should just keep this game competitive. Then they'll show everyone around that the Bengals have improved. I did, however, have the Ravens winning this game 23-20 to with Justin Tucker hitting a walk-off field goal with time expiring. I didn't expect 41 points from the Bengals. No one did. Crazy. So the Bengals are now 5-2, first place in the AFC North, and the number one seed in the AFC through seven games. No one saw this coming. Now, before the season, I had a podcast where I predicted the Bengals season <laughs> and I had the Bengals going 11 and 6. A lot of people call me delusional. Fair. But right now, that prediction is looking pretty good. Now, anything can change because I know how these teams in this city can I know I know what they're capable of. In a bad way. So, hopefully the Bengals just continue this momentum they're, they're in right now. And right now, they're getting a lot of pub, which is well-deserved. Stars of the game, QB1, Joe Burr, 23 for 38. A career-high 416 yards of passing, three touchdowns, one bad interception. Joe Burr has been just been great this year. 17 passing touchdowns, and <clears throat> I believe he's going to win... He should have won Rookie of the Year last year if he didn't get hurt in his eighth game. But I think he's going to win Comeback Player of the Year. And I think he's definitely the leading candidate to win that. Jamar Chase, he should win Rookie of the Year. Just give him the award already. This guy had eight receptions for 201 yards and a touchdown reception that went 82 yards to the house. Lord have mercy, Jamar Chase is so good. He's a superstar in the making. This guy has 754 yards receiving his first seven games. Most in NFL history. This guy is incredible. I'm glad the Bengals choose Chase over Penny Sewell. And the haters and the doubters of Jamar Chase are really quiet. And should and they should stay quiet. So good for Jamar Chase. I'm glad he's a Cincinnati Bengal. CJ Uzama. His breakout season continues, three receptions for 91 yards, two touchdown receptions, one that went for 55 yards, and the other went for 32 yards. So CJ has been great this year, and the Bengals are going to need him down the stretch. Bengals defense did a number on Lamar Jackson, five sacks on Lamar, two and a half from Sam, Sam Hubbard, Larry Oginobi had a one and a half, and Trey Hendrickson had one. So the Bengals defense under Lou Anarumo has done an incredible job. And the signings the Bengals did in the offseason to improve their defense, adding Trey Henderson, DJ Reader. It's just been it's just been great. The Bengals have a top 10 defensive unit. And they're the reason, I think 
they're part of the reason why this team is five and two and where they're at right now. So it's been great. Joe Mixon had 12 carries for 59 yards in a touchdown run that went 21 yards. That pretty much sealed the W. Samaj Piron had 11 carries for 52 yards in a touchdown run that went 46 yards to that house. That pretty much gave the Bengals a 40-burger on the scoreboard. So just pretty much great game all around by the Bengals. I still don't think they played their best game in the year, and that's great. And that's a good thing. They started off a little bit slow in the first half, but in the second half, the Bengals just dominated Baltimore. And I'm just waiting for that complete game where the Bengals played four great quarters all around. So the Bengals' best game has not come yet. And like I said, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. So all this week, the media has been loving on the Cincinnati Bengals. As a fan, do I love it? Yes, because I believe they deserve all this hype and pub. At the same time, some of the media pundits, and I'm putting air quotes on that, need to chill out. A lot of them have the Bengals winning the AFC North. Some of them have the Bengals representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. I'm like, y'all need to, you guys need to chill the F out. Because some of y'all, they even picked the Bengals to, be, be, to even be competitive this year. Now all you guys have the Bengals winning the division. Saying the Bengals are better than the Buffalo Bills. I'm like, guys, one game is not gonna one game is not gonna change everything <clears throat> about the Cincinnati Bengals. They still gotta play the remaining games, and we'll see where they're at come December. And then you can talk about the Bengals being a legit contender for the AFC. I believe the Bengals are a contender to win the the division. I believe so, and I believe they're in. I believe they're going to compete for a playoff spot. That's what I said before the year. I, I said the Bengals should at least compete for a playoff spot. Then again, I'm the same guy that said the Bengals are going to win 11 games this year. So, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's just I just don't want them to just give the Bengals so much hype that you know when the Bengals do choke under pressure, that they'll be like, "Well, oh, but they're the same old Cincinnati Bengals." Do 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 do. It's like okay, but. That's why I just hate the media sometimes because they're giving the Bengals all this praise, but they're waiting for them to choke. They are. They are. I hate them. (laughs) I hate the media, period. So with all this hype and pub come with the Bengals, how will they fare against the lowly New York Jets this past Sunday? This coming Sunday, the Jets are 0-7. The Jets are bad. Rookie quarterback Zach Wilson out of BYU. He's not playing. He's out two to four weeks with a knee injury. Matt White is starting for the Jets. The Jets also signed Joe Flacco. Well, I think the Eagles traded Joe Flacco to the Jets. So Flacco could be the second quarterback on the depth chart for the Jets on Sunday. Who knows? But Bengals have to beat the Jets. Being the Ravens was good. You get all this notoriety, but if you lose to the Jets, then it's not going to be a good look. And I probably won't even do a podcast next week if that happens, but just win the damn football game and then you'll be 6-2 and and then you have the Cleveland Browns coming to Paul Brown Stadium next Sunday. And if you can win that game, then you're 7-2 and heading into bye week. That would be big. That'll be big. So, as a fan, you want this team to be seven and two, 
during the bye week. You just hope that they, they just don't lose to the Jets. Do not lose to the Jets. And the Browns have a lot of injuries on key positions in their team. So, 7-2. and two. That's, oh man, it's, it's crazy how the narrative's changed now. It's like the Bengals win. It's a big. It's 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 like it's a it's it's like a plus. But now it's like now it's like the Bengals have to win. The Bengals have to beat the Jets. The Bengals have to beat the Browns. Crazy how everything changed, right? But also, it's a good thing. Lots of credit have deserved. Lots of credit all around deserving for the Bengals start right now. Defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo deserves a lot of credit. His defense is a top 10 defense, like I said earlier, and he deserves a lot of credit. Cornerback Eli Apple, the resurgence of Eli Apple. He had a rough first two games as a Cincinnati Bengal against the Vikings and the Bears. But since then, he's been playing really well. Here's the stats. From week three to seven, he's allowed 105 passing yards, zero touchdowns, 12 receptions on 22 targets, zero in the last two games, and a 67.4 passer rating. That's pretty good. And you can credit that to Anarumo for the resurgence of Eli Apple. <clears throat> now, let's go back to the Bengals' offense. I believe the Bengals' offense is arriving. This is when it gets scary for opponents. So, here's the thing. The Bengals' offense usually starts off slow in the first half, okay? The Bengals are 24th in the NFL in points per game in the first half, 9.3. In the second half, they're number two in the league, averaging 17.3 points per game. If they can just figure out the slow starts, then this offense will explode into another level. And that is scary for the opponent teams. The offense in the first five games averaged 22.8 points per game. In the last two weeks, the offense is averaging 37.5 points per game. So you see what I'm saying. Once the offense starts arriving, then it's over. The O-line played really well on Sunday, only allowing one sack. And leading up to this game, last week on the podcast, I did say that this was going to be a big challenge for the Bengals' offensive line against the Ravens' defensive line, which is really good. They held their own. Even though Joe Burrow was getting pressure a lot in the first half, when under pressure, Joe, Joe Burrow has the highest passer rating in, in, in the NFL. He's great when blitz are coming because he, he just gets, the, it gets rid of that ball real quick and just finds the receivers. But you can shout out the offensive line for playing really good. And they've been they've been they've been relatively good this year. They're not there yet when it comes to really like being a great offensive line because that's obviously been the weak the weak point for the Bengals. But they've been playing really good this year. Other than the first two games of the season, since then they've been playing really good. So shout out to the offensive line. Now here's a, here's a crazy stat. There's five teams in the NFL that are in the top ten in both scoring offense and defense. So you got the Bills in one, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the defending Super Bowl champs. You got the undefeated Arizona Cardinals at this time. And then you got the LA Rams at four, and you got the Bengals at five. Last year, three teams finished top 10 in offense and defense. That was the Ravens, Saints, and Colts. All those three teams made the playoffs. In 2019, 
you had the Ravens, 14 and 2. The Niners were 13 and 3. The, the Chiefs were 12 and 4. The Pats were 12 and 4. And the Vikings were 10 and 6. All those teams in 2019 made the playoffs too. So I think it's really, really, really good that the Bengals have an explosive offense and it also has an elite defense. Those are the keys. Those are the keys right there and the ingredients that to, to make it to, 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 to be a great team. And are the Bengals are arriving early? I kind of believe so. But let's just take it one game at a time. That's what I'm looking at it. One game at a time. But it's kind of great that they're showing their the the true potential in year two under Joe Burr. And that's that's a good thing. And that's scary for NFL opponents. So a pro football focus through seven games, okay? The highest grade when it comes to players, minimum of 175 snaps. Joe Burr. Has eighty has a grade of eighty six point four. DJ Reader is second, defensive line eighty four point five. Jamar Chase eighty three point five. Chinadu Awuzie, one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL, a great pickup by the Bengals this past offseason, eighty one point five, and fifth on the team Joe Mixon eighty point one. That's incredible. That's incredible that. Um, the Bengals do have two defensive players on on this list when it comes to highest grades in the NF, in their team in the last in the first seven games of the season. So, in Chinadu Awuzie, like I said, playing great cornerback. Bengals signed him. He played for the Dallas Cowboys last year, and he's been really good this year. And he's one of the best pickups in the off season, other than Trey Hendrickson. Chinadu Iwuzi, one of the best pickups by the Bengals this offseason when it comes to getting that defensive front to be really elite where it is right now. So odds to win the AFC North on pro football focus. They have the Bengals at 40%. Baltimore is at 35%. The Browns are at 19%. And the Steelers are at 6%. So everybody is just on that Bengals bandwagon right now. And listen... It's a hot team right now. I think everybody just rides a bandwagon on a team that is hot, and that is the Cincinnati Bengals. And this is just this is it's just the beginning because beyond next season, this is what fans get to look at when it comes to the Bengals fans. Bengals have no cap trouble. QB one is on a rookie deal. They have all their draft picks. They're young and developing soon, and they can win divisional road games. Those are the things you can look ahead beyond next season. It's a great time to be a Bengals fan. You just hope that they just keep this up and you have to win the games that you're supposed to win. So, Bengals have to beat the Jets this coming Sunday, 1 o'clock on CBS. Bengals have to win that game and then you just take it one game at a time from there. So, it's a good time to be a Bengals fan. Let's just hope this team just keeps this up. Okay, switching topics now. Cincinnati Bearcats football team, number two team in the ranking. Whew, they had a scare against the Navy midshipmen last Saturday. The Bearcats won 27-20, but this game was really stressful. The triple option game for Navy was a concern for me all week, and I did tell a couple of people that this game kind of scared me because of Navy's offense and how unique it unique it is. But also, Navy's defense came to play in this game. They were physical from kickoff, and I was like, okay, 
we have a game here, and I was I I just had a feeling the Bearcats were was shook by that, and I as a fan I was like kind of expected this, but the Bearcats' offense didn't do so well in this game. Navy had 308 total yards of offense. The bank the Bearcats only had 271 yards, so that's not good. And obviously, Navy's going to win the running game advantage because that's all they do is run. The Navy had 192 rushing yards to the Bearcats, 95 yards. The Bearcats do have penalty woes. It's been going on pretty much all season. They had 11 for 93 yards. Time of possession, obviously in favor of Navy. Navy had 39 minutes to the Bearcats, 20 minutes as expected. But I was really happy that Bearcats tight end Josh Wiley Finally had a good game. He had four receptions for 60 yards and two touchdown receptions. So good for Josh Wiley, Bearcats tight end. And then Jerome Ford had 15 carries for 90 yards, including one touchdown that went for 43 yards in the second half. Desmond Ritter was, Des wasn't good in this game. He was 18 for 30 for 173 yards, 176 yards, two touchdowns, one bad interception. But shout out to the Bearcats defense, aka the Black Cats, under Mike Tressel, new defensive coordinator Mike Tressel. I believe that they did a great job, especially game planning for such a, a unique team like Navy when it comes to their offense. Joe DeBlanco, linebacker, had 15 tackles, two tackle for losses. Darian Beavers, senior, had 14 tackles, one tackle for loss. Curtis Brooks had a great game, 10 tackles, three tackle for losses. Deshaun Pace had nine tackles. He took back a blocked field goal close to the end of the first half. If he didn't step out, it would have been a touchdown. I was looking at the replay. It looked like Deshaun Pace didn't. It looked like he was out of bounds. I didn't see this foot step out of bounds, but they called it back. But Deshaun Pace has been really good. And Deshaun Pace is only a sophomore, so. And he's only getting better, so. Anquan Bush had a game-clinching interception at the end. So, if you're new to this podcast, um, this Bearcats football team has kicking woes. Cole Smith, he's not really good, and I'm not trying to beat down Cole Smith, but he's not really a good field goal kicker. But he did not play due to undisclosed injury. That's what head coach Luke Fickle said. So the Bearcats were trying out two kickers, okay? So Christian... Laurie, a freshman, connecting a 32-yard field goal. I was like, oh, my. We actually made a field goal. We actually have a kicker. Then the Bearcats ran in kicker number two. Alex Bales, a sophomore, kicked a 52-yard field goal as time expired in the first half. I was like, whoa, what is going on? So Bearcats have kicking competition between Cole Smith and then you got Larry and Bales. So... I think that's a good thing to have because we need good field goal kicking if the Bearcats want to get where they want to get to. So I don't think people should be freaking out about only beating Navy by seven. I said last week in the podcast that this game was going to be a tough game for the Bearcats just because of the preparation of playing against Navy, playing such a unique offense. It was going to be challenging, and you saw that. So the Bearcats will still be on the road. They'll be at Tulane this Saturday noon on ESPN2. Tulane is 1-6, but Tulane did give number four Oklahoma 
all they got in the first game of the season, only losing 40 to 35, even though Tulane has lost, I believe, four in a row since. They do have a good offense, averaging 31 points per game. So I think the Bearcats will be okay. I think this week is now back to a normal week where you don't have to pair such a unique offense now and you're playing against a a more reasonable offensive team. So um, this is why I'm so glad the Bearcats are getting out of the Americans so we don't have to play Navy anymore. Lord have mercy. So with the Bearcats only winning by two, sorry, with the Bearcats only winning by seven, I thought they were going to drop in the rankings. But they remain number two in the AP poll. And they move up a spot in the coaches' poll to, to, to from three to two. So I was like, wait, what? So that's a good thing. So right now, as the rankings look, in the AP, you got Georgia number one, Cincinnati number two, Alabama three, Oklahoma four, Ohio State number five, Michigan number six, Oregon number seven, Michigan State at eight, Iowa at nine, and Ole Miss at ten. So... This is good. This is good. And I think the Bearcats are going to be okay from here on out. The remaining tough games, well, tough game, I believe it's SMU. When SMU come into Nipper Stadium next month, good thing that game is at home. So that's an advantage for the Bearcats. So you got Tulane this Saturday, and then you got Tulsa for the homecoming game next Saturday. And then you got a Friday night trip to Florida, take on South Florida, and then you got SMU for senior night, and then you go to East Carolina on Black Friday. And for some reason, these Bearcat teams, even on even the Bearcat basketball teams, for some reason when the Bearcats go play at Greenville and play East Carolina, it's always a battle. But you hope this year that's not the case because style points is very important because the Bearcats are not playing a good conference other than SMU, knowing that conference is good and style points matter. So the Bearcats got to at least win by two touchdowns or more. It's unfortunate that's the circumstances there is for the Bearcats football team, but it is. They got to win by more than 14 points. I hate it, but that's why we're getting out of the American Conference and getting into the Big 12. Thank God. So, yeah, so it's it's a good time to be a Cincinnati sports fan when it comes to the Bengals and the Bearcats. Let's hope their success continues. FCC Cincinnati is not good. They're going to be the, they already clinched the um, the wooden spoon, which is awarded to the last place team in the conference. Well, FC is the worst team in Major League Soccer, so they've clinched that for the, I believe, the third straight year. That's not good. You've been in MLS for three years and you're already and you've been in last place the first three years of your campaign, that's not good. There's no direction in that organization. So people keep people keep asking me, well, you got to talk about sport. You got to talk about soccer. You got to talk about FCC because they're part of Cincinnati. Yeah, but they stink and they're not good. And they're, and, and I, made, I made plenty of podcasts and I talk about FCC and I ranted about the, just the just a shit show the organization is, but I'm done talking about them. So until until they show me that they're moving in the right direction, there's really no point of me to even include them in this podcast segment, period. Sorry to hear that, but it is what it is. So 
that's it for this podcast. Um, if you guys are new to this podcast, subscribe on Spotify. That's where I pretty much post the podcast. I usually do a podcast every Thursday. Usually it'll be posted up Thursday night. I'm trying to get this podcast on Apple Podcasts. I know a lot of people do have Apple Podcasts, but right now this podcast is on Spotify, so just subscribe there. And it's a good time to be a Cincinnati sports fan. And like I said in the beginning, I'm waiting for the heartbreak, but right now I'm trying to stay positive. I'm just trying to take it one game at a time. So, yeah, that's my mindset right now. I'm not thinking about the playoff, the college football playoff for UC. I'm not thinking about the Bengals when it comes to the playoffs for them and people are saying Super Bowl. All I want from the Bengals is to win a damn playoff game. That's all I want. Is that too much to ask for? No. Just win a playoff game. But for this season, just take it one game at a time. And for the Bearcats, I know everybody's talking about college football playoff. I know everybody's thinking about, oh, my gosh, this team can actually win a national championship. I'm thinking to myself, can we just focus on Tulane first? (laughs) You know? And before this podcast ends, there's a lot of people out there that are really are haters of UC. Like, don't you guys want different teams in the college football playoff? Are you guys sick of tired of the Alabamas, the Oklahomas, the Ohio States, the Georgias, the Clemsons? So when a team like Cincinnati is in the mix for it this year, Obviously, they're a group. Obviously, they're not in a major conference, but they're still a great football team. Why don't you like that? Why don't you want a Cinderella story? Like, holy shit! And all of this is coming from Ohio State fans. They're like, I'm not saying all Ohio State fans. I'm just saying there's some Ohio State fans out there that are saying, "Well, I don't think UC even deserve to be even the top 15. Look at the schedule." And I'm just thinking to myself. Well, Ohio State hasn't beaten a top 25 team this year at all, okay? And UC went on the road and beat then number nine Notre Dame, okay? Just saying. So, this old, oh, I don't think UC's deserve to be in the mix in the conversation because of the schedule. Shut the F up forever, why don't no one like new? You just you you guys just like the same old, same old, same old, right? The same old blue blood teams. My goodness. All right, I could make a podcast about this, but I'll save that for later. But so we got Bengals at Jets Sunday at one p.m. on CBS, and then we got number two UC at Tulane. That's Saturday noon on ESPN two. And like I said, subscribe to this podcast on Spotify and I will talk to you guys next Thursday. Hopefully we're talking about a Bengals victory over the Jets, Bearcats victory over Tulane. And also Cincinnati Bearcats men's basketball begins next, I believe it's next week. No, I lied. It's in two weeks. So the the Bearcats basketball team will play Evansville on Tuesday, and then they will play Georgia that Saturday, November 13th. Can't believe college basketball season's already here. And it's a new era for Cincinnati Bearcats men's basketball with Wes Miller in the ham. So I am going to do a preview of 
the Bearcats men's basketball team next year, next year, <laughs> next week, and give me, give you guys my thoughts and prediction. It's crazy that college basketball is already here. It's crazy. Time is flying. This this whole year is flying, but it's a good time to be a Cincinnati sports fan. Let's all just embrace this moment because these these moments never come. And when they come, they come fast, and then we're back to being all depressed. This is why I, this podcast name is called the Depressed Cincinnati Sports Fan Podcast. For a reason. Period. End of story. <laughs> All right, guys, I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And also to the new listeners, thank you so much. You're going to hear from me a lot. And I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. I hope you guys watch these teams this weekend. And yeah, go Bearcats, go Bengals. What do you want to say? Go Xavier? Fuck that. Peace.